0: right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, you guys, to another week of the podcast. I am Katie Dalbaugh, your host, and I'm so excited to be back with you and get into today's episode very quickly. But first of all, my book is out. It is no longer available for pre-order. It's available just for straight up order. So check it out. And if you pre-ordered it, Thank you. You are awesome, and you already have the book in your hands, probably. And if you haven't pre-ordered it yet, you are awesome, too, and you can just order the book now. It's an amazing thing to have my book out in the world, and now it's not mine anymore. It's everybody's, and everyone can have their own experience with it. It's a very interactive book. I've been saying it's a scavenger hunt for your mind. It's something that is super interactive and personal and... I really want people to have their own experience with it, and I'm just eager to see what that is for each individual person. So please share it with me. Use the hashtag LetItOutBook on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or wherever you want to share anything about the book or journaling or you with the book. I want to see. Send me pictures of your shelfies. Take a picture with your book and Send it to me or a picture with your bookshelf and send that to me. I would just love to see who your book is hanging out with on your shelf, and I would love to just hear about what you think of the book. So if you're in New York City tonight, it's my book launch party hosted by Gabrielle Bernstein, who wrote the forward to my book and is my mentor, and my good buddy Jordan Bach, who you guys know has been on the podcast twice, and again is a really awesome dude. He's going to be DJing. We've got lots of good tracks we're going to be playing tonight. Last night was our live podcast episode that I co-hosted with Christy Harrison, and thank you so much for all of the podcast listeners that came out last night. It was such an amazing event, so Thank you guys for being there. Thank you guys for buying the book, supporting the book. I'm just overwhelmed with all the support and love that I've been receiving these past couple days and weeks, and I'm just really flabbergasted by all of it. I love you guys. So if you want to support the podcast, please share it with a friend. If you want to check out the book please do so. You can get it on barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, in the stores. And whatever bookstore you have around, if you want to support the book launch, go there and buy the book at the bookstore. That really helps a lot. And if they don't have it or they're out of it, ask them to order it. That's a great way to support the book launch as well. So thank you to all my book ambassadors. You guys are awesome. Thank you to everyone who's helped with the book launch. I'm just so grateful for all this support, and it's been so much fun. So enjoy today's episode. It is heavily about journaling, which I thought would be really fitting for basically the day my book comes out, the day after my book comes out, where this episode is airing. And one more thing I want to say really quickly is that last week, I didn't even realize, but it was episode 100 that aired last week. And I just want to acknowledge that milestone, that I've been doing this podcast For over three years, I started it back in 2013 when nobody really knew what podcasts were. And thank you, Serial, for changing that. But I'm so grateful that I've been able to continue doing the podcast for over 100 episodes now. And podcasting is really the new networking. I've met so many amazing people through not only my guests, who have all been awesome, but through the listeners. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to ask questions to people who i really admire and then also ask questions to the people listening and get to know you guys that's really what keeps me going and it's just been such a fun journey and here's to 100 more episodes it's very fitting the week that my book's coming out we're on episode number 101 and hopefully there'll be many many more to come so thank you guys so much for listening as always keep in touch with me online and i'll talk to you guys soon Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to get to know today's guest with you guys. So, today I have a writer, a speaker, a traveler, I love this, an adventure connoisseur, a (laughs) holistic health advocate, and the creator of Healing from Within, Jen Hand, who is the reason that we were connected is because she's a fellow journaler. And as you guys know, my book is all about journaling, and journaling was a huge part of my. Journey, I guess my book is actually called let it out a journey through journaling and yeah it's a, just a big part of my practice in my life and, and something that I teach I'm like a champion of journaling a champion for journaling um, and I think I have a fellow journaler in the house in the wonderland with me. So I'm really excited to talk to you Jen and hear about your story and what you do and just get to know you cuz um we were connected a long time ago. Um like <laughs> over a year ago, I think. And yeah. um and yeah, we're finally making this happen. You um were very patient um and followed up, which I'm so glad that you did because um, we're finally able to have this this conversation. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me. And I definitely am a fellow champion journaler and a big advocate of journaling because it has helped me so much in my own life. And um, I think some people find a lot of resistance to it. So I try and encourage them to, you know, start slow and I promise it gets better. So I think journaling is a huge
0: tool. Yeah, well, I want to get into that a lot. But let's first like introduce people to you. So tell us a little bit about let's like zoom the lens back to, you know, how you got started doing the work that you do now and how you really got to where you are. So I, I, my,
1: my business right now is I am a food coach who helps women struggling with binge eating, overeating and emotional eating. And so, you know, women who are really, really find that they're consumed with food and obsessive over their body image and just really, really struggling to find peace in their eating. That's, you know, who I love working with. And the the reason I got into my business is because that used to be me. Um, I struggled with uh, disordered eating for probably about 12 years of my life and just, you know, cycled back between restricting and binging and um, dieting and just running all over the place on the spectrum between um you know low weight and high weight and middle of the ground and and so i um you know I got to a place with lots of journaling and therapy and um introspection and and a lot of inner work over the years and so when i when I got to the place where i i was really Happy and secure and confident in my own self and my eating, I really I realized that it was my my own calling to help others achieve that same thing and and find that freedom because I do think that you know we're not meant to struggle in our eating and, and fight with our bodies all the time, and so that's how I kind of got into my business. Um, I studied holistic nutrition. Um, I did graduate work in holistic nutrition, and so I, you know, my initial plan was really to be a nutritionist, and then I kind of changed changed gears when I realized that it was a lot more than the food, obviously, and it goes much deeper into the work of emotional and mental and spiritual work as well. So that's kind of how I got to where I am. And, you know, really just based on my own journey and being passionate about helping other women find that same freedom.
0: Yeah. So I want to flesh out a little bit of, of your story a little bit. So how do you, what was that experience like? Like, why why do you think that you turn to food as you're, you know, as I say, like, we all have different coping mechanisms that, that we turn to, right? Like some people, um, when they're sad or stressed or feeling left out or feeling not good about themselves, turn to Drugs or alcohol, or, and some people turn to food or not eating food or denying themselves food or exercise or trying to control their bodies in some way. So, why do you think that that What was your relationship with food like growing up? Why do you think that that was kind of your go-to?
1: So, for me, I, I, you know, it started back in high school, and I was outwardly a very sort of had it all kind of purse, you know, had a great family, great group of friends, played a lot of sports, was very involved in school, a really good student. And I remember feeling this internal sense of like self-hate almost with myself of of just not liking my body. And, you know, I'd gone through puberty and gained a lot of weight and I was just really, really unhappy. And I think food was, it's really funny because my group of friends in high school, we kind of all joked that, you know, we would just eat a lot and go out to eat all the time and food was kind of a funny joke of like oh yeah like let's go get, let's go eat a lot and it became this for me that kind of social hobby almost if you want to call it that you know this bonding over oh yeah let's get dessert after we go to Red Robin and have chicken fingers and fries and and get so full and and it became for me when i realized how it kind of, you know, you got so full that you almost zoned out and numbed yourself out from what was going on, that it became more and more to me um, a tool to kind of numb out my feelings and and try to get rid of that self-hate. And of course, with, um, you know, with any eating disorder, I think many times it, it kind of cycles back and forth. You know, you spend a lot of time binging and then you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to lose weight and you go into restricting. And so that was kind of my pattern of, I would you know eat and eat and eat and in the beginning it was a lot of my cycles were very long so like I spent a long you know many many months restricting and then you know it all hit the fan and I'd be binging for a month and then over the years it kinda got less and less like my my cycles were like okay I'd be restricting for three days and then I just could no longer do it anymore and then I have a binge and then I'd start over and so I think food was just always really kind of acceptable um, and so you know I, I grew up in a really great family in a great area and I don't think drugs and alcohol and other addictions were really I think acceptable to me like it was sort of acceptable to be eating or to sneak around and and have food when was looking or to be so focused on that because you know it wasn't really sort of socially acceptable to have Um, you know, to be an alcoholic in my family. But food, it wasn't, you know, everyone eats and everyone has to eat all the time and, you know, food's always around. And so it it became this, this acceptable, you know, quote unquote, acceptable way for me to numb out my feelings. Mm
0: -hmm. So you really used food as a drug. Yeah. In that that way. So then was there like a, a breaking point for you then when you realized that, you know, this wasn't serving you? Like what, what was that moment where you were just like, hit that bottom and went into the therapy and and started to get on the path that you're on now? It's actually
1: interesting because, you know, I really didn't, know, and it's hard to believe, but I really didn't know I had a problem with food because I had, until about college, I, I was just so used to my lifestyle of either being a dieter or being a binger that I, I couldn't remember a time when I had eaten normally. I mean, I guess it was back, you know, when I was younger. Um, obviously, you know, if, people eat normally, usually, so, you know, maybe middle school, like, I don't specifically remember a time when I was like, oh, I was a normal eater, but um, so in college, I was, it kind of manifested as a lot of anxiety, and depression, and like panic attacks, and so I, I went to get help for that, and the the man I was seeing at the time, he, I guess he kind of discerned that I was you know, needed help specifically in the realm of eating. And so he was like, you know, I think you need to, he just kind of recommended, you know, I think you have an issue with eating. And then as I kind of, as he said that, it kind of dawned on me and I and I had um, gone to see, see a woman who specialized in eating disorders and it, it kind of just dawned on me, I guess, that it was food that was actually the problem and not, you know, of course, depression and anxiety and, and all that stuff, but underneath all of that was, Like I had this crazy, you know, all over the place way of eating and and approach to food that I didn't even know wasn't normal until someone was like, oh, no, you you have a problem with food. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I didn't even know. Mm.
0: That's great that you had someone able to pick up on that because like you said, and that was the case for me too, I think, you know, we often don't see that in ourselves. You know, we're with ourselves every day. We don't notice, um when things go sour or, you know, even on the other end of that, we don't really notice the self-improvement as much either. Um, just like, you know, when you have a child that you're with all the time, you don't notice them growing, but when you see a, a child, you know, that you don't see very often and they like shoot up and they're like super tall all of a sudden, you know, because you don't see that, that growth. Um,
1: That's such a good analogy. I like that one.
0: Yeah. So I think um, it's really interesting that, so you were in this program with this woman who specialized in eating disorders and she was the one who first, what was like her treatment plan? I know she was the one who first kind of got you into journaling. Can you talk about that and like what was her kind of thoughts for you and feedback for you and help for you when you were first getting started?
1: Yeah. And so for me, my journaling actually started out just as a food journal. Um, and so she, her first piece of the puzzle was to really kind of get my physical body back into balance in terms of finding a way for me to eat normally. And so I was just giving my body what it needed on a regular basis, nourishment and fuel. And so her, her first recommendation was to keep a food journal. And, um, so kind of, you know, eating more often and more frequently, and she kind of gave me these guidelines, and and from there, I kind of started, she she had, had mentioned, you know, once I kind of got the hang of that and, and was like, oh, I really like this, it, it helped me pay attention to what I was doing because I was just, you know, so detached from how food was impacting myself and my body and, and what role it played in my life that it started to have me pay more attention to Oh, this is what I was eating, and and just kind of realize and understand how far from normalcy that I had been in my eating. And so from there, we started doing emotional work and just um, kind of underst helping me understand the link between emotions and food. And and you know, it's it, of course it's not as simple as just saying, oh, I'm stressed, I'm eating, or you know, I'm angry, you know, don't go to the food or whatever it is. But I think initially. Linking how I felt before and after I ate and writing that down was really helpful for me because it helped me to actually see that I had emotions because for so long, you know, from high school till you know after college, I had just used food as a way to completely disassociate from myself and me as an emotional being. You know, Any anytime I felt sad, depressed, lonely, anxious, anything. I ate, and I I wasn't conscious of that, you know, automatic behavior. But I began to see that, oh, you know, I do have emotions, and here's what they look like. I mean, it was it was very messy, and it wasn't you know it wasn't a pretty like oh I feel sad. But it was for me my first foray into the world of of emotions and feeling that and as a part of being a human being. And so, you know, I I really took to journaling because it helped me get in touch with the part of me that I had numbed out for so long and I was afraid of it. You know, I was afraid of the emotions and of letting it out because it was scary. I hadn't learned how to deal with it and learned how to feel anything. And so that, that little baby step towards writing down my food and linking it with emotions was kind of the beginning of me being able to see and understand what my emotions were, were, what role they were playing and how I could begin to, to start to handle them and deal with them and process them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so interesting because I completely relate to that. And like you said, we have all of these emotions within us, but a lot of times we don't feel like we're good enough to feel our emotions. Yes. And if we don't feel them, emotions that are unfelt are not benign. Emotions that are unfelt just get put down further and further within us and they manifest in depression and anxiety and in self-hate and in turning to food or for in our case, it's food, but a lot of other people, it's other stuff, right? It's, you know, turn to a drink or turn to drugs or turn to a codependent relationship or turn to work, you know? And, yeah. um, and I think that, you know, for us, our go-to coping mechanism, because... Is food, And that's because we all, but we all have coping mechanisms because we all have feelings we don't want to feel. And if you deny a feeling that you don't want to feel, it doesn't go away. It just goes down there further. And we've all had that experience where like you are feeling anxious or upset or something happens and you turn to the food. And just because it's like the default reaction. Like I do it all the time. Like for instance, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, stuck in traffic and I was just like anxious and I had an apple like in the front seat and I was, I just like automatically turned to the apple and I wasn't, I didn't like want it right then. I really prefer to like cut an apple and like put some cinnamon on it and like sit and eat it and, um, you know, I don't like, it kind of hurts my teeth, they're sensitive, you know, whatever. And I didn't want to, but it was just like my default reaction to like cope with that discomfort in that moment was to turn to the apple, you know, and yeah. And I think that it's, that's a really great story because if you turn to the apple and then immediately judge yourself and then you're just like, oh, and you eat the apple really fast. But what I did was, was I like, I took a bite of the apple and I was like, oh, I don't really want this right now. And I was like, even though I had a bite of the apple, it's like, no problem. It's a freaking apple. And I just like wrapped it up and like set it aside. And it was like, (laughs) oh, I just did my old thing again that's okay, now I can change, like, I can choose again, and I think that's really good for people who, you know, if you start binging or you start overeating, like, you can stop yourself halfway through, Um, or you cannot stop yourself, and that's okay, too, you know, because I think what, what really gets us tripped up is, like, we think it's cut or dry, and, like, you have to be perfect with your food all the time, but, like, and then when you do mess up, we're so hard on ourselves that it just, like, perpetuates the cycle. So I think it's becoming aware that you're worth feeling your feelings. You're worth feeling your emotions. Because for me, I felt so for so long that since I didn't like the way my body looked and I didn't like the way that I felt physically, um, not, not necessarily felt physically, like I felt well, I felt healthy, but I didn't like the way I looked physically – And I had a terrible body image. So that was, for me, whenever I felt a negative emotion, I immediately blamed it on that. And I was like, I'm not worthy to feel sad, depressed, lonely, whatever, even though those are negative feelings. And I'm not worthy to feel excited, happy, joyful, positive feelings. Because every time I would try to feel one of those feelings, I would be like, oh, I can't feel depressed. If I would just change my body, I wouldn't feel that way. So I would default to that. Or if it was excitement, it was like, you don't deserve to feel excited because you don't look like someone who should feel excited. So I think journaling for me, like you, it started as a food journal. It started as something that my therapist, when I was in treatment for my eating disorder, recommended. And I, it was just writing down my food and like, then it just expanded and expanded until the food kind of dropped away, and I was just talking about my feelings. So it's really interesting that that was the case for both of us, and it was this gateway to, like you said, let it out, which is just so, so interesting. I and Thank you for sharing all that.
1: Sure, and you know I One of the things I think people who struggle with food, I think there's this, and, and for me this has been the case, and I think for so many women, it's like, you know, what you were saying about you have choices, okay, you can stop binging, or you can, you know, okay, but you cannot stop binging. But it's like this double layer of judgment that we put on ourselves after, like, of criticism and beating ourselves up. And, you know, whether that's someone who just, like, goes on a diet and fails or someone who, like, you know, has binge eaten for two days, it's, like, this this extra layer of, like, why did you do that? You're such a failure. Like, it's hopeless, and, and kind of just beating ourselves up for it. And I think um, journaling helped me begin to see that for myself, that it wasn't just that I was like mad that I had eaten 17 cookies. It was like that I hated myself for doing that or thought it was such a failure and like, you know, just, just like beating myself up over it. And so I think journaling helped me see that because when you're in your own head, a lot of times you just don't see it. And it's just, you know, all just kind of like muddled up in your head, like the emotions, the thoughts, you know, everything that's going on. And so you can't really take a step back and see it until you kind of slow down and let it out.
0: Exactly. Let it out. That is the reason I named the book that. And I talk about that in the book. It's like we we have so many, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And it's so hard for us to actually know what we're thinking. And I always, I often say this, but like I don't know what I'm thinking unless I'm writing it down. When you take it out of your head, Put it on the page it's organized in front of you and you can actually see it and then you can feel it because you have to feel these feelings and feel these emotions to be able to move through them to be able to release them to be able to let them go but you can't release them and let them go until you feel them and you can't feel them until you know what they are and so that's why journaling is such a fantastic tool and it's so great that we both found it and, and found it to be so amazing so going off of that, I have a couple of questions of like, how has it grown and changed and expanded in your life? And is it still part of your practice now? And and how does it really come up for you?
1: So I still journal almost every day. And for me, I think I've realized that it's become an outlet for me. And, you know, of course I have great friends and sisters and a significant other who I can talk to and discuss things with. And, but for me, I think because I've for so long bottled up everything and i think only fairly recently have i developed a healthy way of coping with my emotions without turning to food it it is me almost like a lifeline like i can't not journal because if i don't if i go a couple of days without journaling it just kind of builds up and so for me it, it becomes like a release an outlet of you know a safe place where i can you know just share my thoughts and and really, I mean, I don't go back and read them because I feel like if I did, I'd be like, who is this crazy person talking about these 16,000 thoughts that they've had like all in one hour? <laughs> so I use it as a way to just not let things build up because my default for so long was to stuff, 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 stuff everything and then eat. And, and now that I'm not doing that, you know, it, it has to go somewhere. And so for me, going somewhere is just pen to paper and, you know, getting it all out and just kind of, and, and almost it's like a, a ritual of like, I get it out on paper and then I'm done. You know, I'm not carrying it. I'm not, it's not weighing me down. I'm not thinking about it for the next, you know, 17 hours. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's situations where I do think about, but as far as just letting emotions and, and the other thing I think for me is that I use it as a way to get clarity And when I, my, when I get upset about something or I'm feeling off or just kind of like down or in a bad mood or something, many times I don't really know why. Like I'm, I don't, I'm like, why am I feeling off or down? And so journaling helps me gain clarity of, oh, you know, I'm feeling resentful about something that happened or I'm feeling unappreciated or I didn't actually like what my boyfriend said to me and I'm, I'm feeling really bothered by that and so I think a lot of times because I used to stuff everything it, it's it's almost trained me to to gain clarity around letting things out and then seeing oh you know that's why I'm feeling like that
0: yeah that is amazing and I wrote down a couple of things that I want to pick up on and on what you said. And it's so funny because I cover so much of this in the book. Like, for instance, the piece about getting clarity, I think, is really important because if we ask ourselves good questions, we'll get good answers. You know, and I think if we ask ourselves questions like, why does everything suck? You know, our intuition or our inner voice or, you know, some people might say, God universe, whatever, a higher power or our higher selves or, you know, just a different part of our brain might say everything sucks because, you know, you're worthless and you're ugly and blah, 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 blah. But if you ask, like, what am I meant to learn from this? You'll get a different answer completely from your inner guidance. And that's what my book is all about. My book is 55 short journaling prompts to guide. Some aren't short. I keep saying short, but that's not even like <laughs> what it is. It's 55 journaling prompts. And um, it's it's asking really good questions to get to those really good answers and get to like the dark corners of your mind that might be untapped. It's, it's really going to push you and challenge you. Um, and some of them are fun. But like something that I say in the book too is that it's like you said, it's free solo therapy, free solo coaching because it's self coaching you know it's it, a lot of times I can coach myself on the page like I might start out just like letting out my feelings, really dumping out brain dump what's in my mind, um, ideas, thoughts, feelings, good and bad um to do list, whatever, and then it might be really negative to start off with, but then by the end of the page I start to like self soothe. I start to make improvements and say, you know what, yesterday was horrible, but today is better. And this really good thing is happening and I'm grateful for this and I'm going to do this that will make me feel better. And I start to coach myself down the page. And it's it's really beautiful to watch. And then, you know, the other thing I loved that you mentioned was the level of realness that you can get with a piece of paper, you know, I think you can be, it's great that you have sisters and a significant other and and like you said, you know, there's great people in your life and I have great people in my life too and it's not that I can't be real and I can't be authentic with the people in my life and my coaches and therapists, I can and I am, but there's still a level, there's still a little bit of a veil there with other human beings, It just there just is, no matter how authentic you are, Um, but when you're with your journal, when you're alone with yourself, you can be completely unfiltered. You can can be completely real. And I think that's just so beautiful. So I love that you picked up on that. And then the last piece is about how you can be, you can just let it go and release it. It's not something to go back and have to read over again, and I think I heard you say this in in the other interview with Peggy who connected us, is that you you don't go back and read your journals, um, like you said, because you might end up judging that person, and then that judging yourself for oh I can't believe I thought that I can't believe I felt that way then and why was I so obsessed with that thing that person said to me or whatever and if you start to do that then the next time you journal you might be a little bit less likely to be so real knowing that your future self might be seeing this you know yeah um, so I think that that protection against you know your future self reading your journals is is really nice to know that like that's not even gonna happen i'm gonna just let this out and let it go and and something for me i often journal on my computer and then i'll just like delete it right away um so i don't know i think it's it's just really good to have this conversation because not a lot of i think a lot of people do journal it's not like this is like some groundbreaking thing that only you and i do but i just don't really hear about people talking about it as much as they should be for how much of a transformational practice it's been you know
1: Yeah. And I think touching on what you said before about like the self-coaching, I think that's the beauty of being able to write, you know, solo is that everyone innately has their own inner guidance. And when you can quiet down your mind and the distractions and the hurry and hustle and bustle of your life, it's like you, you do have your own guidance and your own answers and your own wisdom. And so I think journaling can bring that out. And for me, that has helped me make decisions about you know big life decisions about moving abroad and you know career changes and because I think you can get so caught up in your head around well my parents said this and I feel like all my friends are saying this and I don't know if this guy is right for me and I don't know if this career should you know I should do this and I think when you journal about uncertainties and anxieties you can and fears you can you know like you said okay maybe it starts out negative but by the end it's like you know when all of this stuff is out you you're left with this voice that can guide you and and give you the direction you need and I think journaling can can help bring that out um for anyone
0: yeah I think you mentioned too in the other interview that you kind of use journaling as a it's transformed now where you're not writing about your food anymore you're almost using it as like a letter right and you're like <laughs> talk can you talk about that Yeah. So a lot of times, um, I,
1: I write, so I, I guess I for somewhere along the line decided that I, I felt like just writing down things was, was felt like really open and kind of like scattered to me and like just so big, like it was just there and, and, and like, who was I writing to? And so I started writing to the universe and just because I felt like it was really personal and it was like me talking, like, here's how I'm feeling. And, I'm feeling super anxious about this, and I don't know why. And and so I felt like for me it was a way to get deeper by me connecting or feeling like I was connecting to someone or something bigger than myself. Like, and you know, I I, I don't believe in like a a God per se. You know, I believe in the universe and and higher power, and and so you know, some people write to God, some people write to. You know, well, I, that's the only one I can think of. But like I, so I kind of took a spin on that because I had heard about that, and I and I decided to just write to the universe because I felt like it resonated with me more. And so, I don't know. It it, it became this, um, this just gradual morph into something that helped me go deeper because I felt like it was more focused. Like I wasn't just like it wasn't just kind of like a diary it was more like a personal connection with something greater than myself where i could go to get answers and seek guidance and kind of you know just dump everything out of of that was weighing me down and and kind of get clarity and and peace around it
0: mm, yeah that's amazing and for me it's the same thing it's like it's it's kind of like a it's a way to write out a prayer write out an intention write out a desire and there's power to like Putting pen to paper and getting the stuff in your head, the gunk in your head, out of your head and onto the page. You know, like I say, I think I say this in the book too that you know it's like clearing the pond scum, especially like that morning dump, right? The morning that's the first tool in my book. It's the morning dump. It's very similar to Julia Cameron's Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, where you're just morning pages, first thing in the morning, front, back, front, just like emptying out your mind and this type of journaling that that we're talking about right now isn't like, you know, 5 a.m., I did this, then I did that, then I did this, then he said this. Like, sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's like, I felt like this, and right now I'm feeling like this. And um, for me, the thing that journaling did better than anything was, like you said, giving clarity, but it helped me to be in the present moment because I think the reason why... I'll speak for myself. The reason why I turn to food, the reason why people turn to sex or drugs or like the people, the reason why anything is fun for us, right? The reason why we enjoy anything. That any time I've ever had fun, it's in the present moment. It's when we physically are like here in the moment, emotionally, physically, and we're there. And I really struggle with being present, and I've realized that being present is everything when it comes to happiness and it's something I really struggle with. And journaling, when you're journaling, when you're writing, when you're actually like asking yourself, How are you feeling right now in this moment, you have to be there when you're writing it down. You have to be present. So it's like food, same thing. When you're eating, you feel the sensation of what's happening in the present moment. It's a way to snap you into the present moment. The same thing like with people who like cut themselves, right? It's like you it brings them into the present moment. Like it's a physical thing. And so that's why I think journaling is so powerful for us because it it like those physical things brings us into the present moment instantly and acknowledges what we're feeling because, and, and same thing with having a conversation, you know, it, it, you really have to be present for that and I think in our society now, it's like we're constantly multitasking, we're constantly doing a million things and I'm so guilty of it, but, you know, I'll be like watching TV and also on my phone and also, you know, thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow and what I'm going to have for dinner and, you know, like we're we're not really present very often in, in journaling you have to be present it, it's not something that that you can take lightly and it's just it's such a beautiful practice and I'm just so grateful for you to to talk about it with me because it, it's helped me so much and I'm so grateful to have someone else who's into it just as much as I am <laughs> yeah and I it it's funny to me that people resist it because I I mean I'm
1: a writer at heart I love to write and so I think when people are like, oh, I I just don't know what I would journal about, or I just don't know what to say, or, and it's, you know, it's hard for me to understand, because I could, like, someone could give me a piece of paper, and I could write about just like anything, (laughs) And, and I think you're right about being present, because a lot of times, the women I work with just don't, I mean, they're so, like, in their heads about everything, and you know, and I'm guilty too. I mean, we spend so much time in our heads, like, and on the computer, and and just thinking about what's next. That to really be able to get the guidance and the answers and the clarity, you have to, you know, you're not going to get it from just going all the time. You you get it from slowing down and being. And so I think that point about being present, I never really thought about it like that. And that's it's so true. Just how it, I mean, you're you're forced. know gently forced to be present because you're writing so it's like you have to physically be there while you're doing it and it's in our society and, and just how fast we go it's like you know we need something to to bring us back down and with you know of course meditation and all that stuff that that helps you get anchored in the now I mean I think a lot of times there's a lot of you know fear and anxiety around it and I think journaling is such a good place to start in you know step in the right direction of all of that all the other tools that you can use because journaling isn't that far from writing a letter or sitting down and just you know getting your thoughts out as opposed to like oh I'm going to sit down and meditate you know it sounds scarier than to say okay I'm just going to sit down and write for three minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah I think though that that does sound really scary to people and it, it probably did to me at a time too like I also like writing but I don't want people listening to this who don't like writing because I don't I didn't like it like there was a time where I didn't and I think it's this is not like writing an essay this is not like having to sit down you know when you were in school and like write something or write something for work even writing an email this is very intuitive this is a way for you to like we are all meant to write like this if you can speak if you can send a text you can do this kind of writing, because Ooh, it's a good, just, a good
1: line. I yeah, should write that
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I say that in the book too, I'm like reading you the book from memory basically right now, but basically it's like that, whenever people give me that smack, because like the girls that, the, the people, I shouldn't, the women that I work with, um, they, they constantly give me that smack about, well, I don't have anything to say, I'm not going to be able to do it, I, I, I don't have anything to say, well, if you ask yourself a really good question, you're likely going to be able to have an answer. And it's like with anything, you know, it's a practice. So it, it does get easier over time, but eventually you'll feel like you were saying, like, if I don't do it for a couple days, I'll have so much pent up that I'll have so much to say when I do it. And I'll feel really emotional and I'll just feel off. Um, and... If I like, if I journaled a lot one day, the next day I won't really have much to say, and I might not journal at all. You know, I might just like check in and be like, "Yeah, I'm good." Like, I don't have anything right now, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine too. And so I think you know, I think my book is a good tool because it does give you those questions, and it like, there's different categories, and it will help you get into all these different areas of your mind. So for people who it is really hard for, and even people who it's not, but they want to like. Try different ways that'll be and challenge themselves I think that that will be really helpful but you know right now they can I think everybody can just ask ask yourself something that you're wondering about or that you're wishing that you had guidance on or something that you just wish you could like talk to someone about um, or that you're curious about or writing down like lists of things a lot of time is, is really helpful for me like ideas or you know fears or worries and just like letting that go like putting it out it makes it feel really good like have you ever had a conversation with someone and you just like completely it was just like a great fireside chat and you really like told someone what was going on in your life and after the conversation you just felt like way lighter you know what i mean uh yeah
1: those are the best
0: yeah the best and so it's just like that i think it's just with um, but it's with yourself or your higher self or, or with your journal and it's just it's such a beautiful relationship and it's a way to get to know yourself because like I said like I don't know who I, I didn't know who I was until I started journaling I didn't know how I felt I didn't know if I was emotional or not emotional or what I even liked. so like I really had to get to know to know myself by becoming worthy of feeling my feelings becoming worthy of exploring what was going on in my mind and yeah, it it just really opened doors for me in that, you know? This is like this is totally inspiring me to like shout from the rooftops
1: that like everyone needs to journal right
0: now. Right? <laughs> I know. I know. It's 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 really powerful. <laughs> is it something that you um find yourself recommending to your clients a lot?
1: I do, and some are much more receptive than others and um I but I I I, I guide my clients to to journal because a lot of uh, the work that we do in between sessions you know does involve answering questions and and going deeper and and so I think when you um and it's exactly what you're saying like if you have prompts and you have like a, a general direction it helps it helps start the flow and you know and I think even if people just sat down and wrote out like what am I afraid of or like what am I worrying about right now like you were saying I mean I mean we carry so much stuff like in our minds and and on us that I mean, there's probably like you could just write like 20 things right now about like learn about my kid my husband and my you know you know rent next month and all this stuff and not even getting into like you know the emotions but more about you know physical life circumstances or situation and so I think when you have a little bit of guidance in that it just makes it a lot easier because you know you're starting with a question, and and right now I think I, um, I've gotten to the place where I don't necessarily have prompts. I just I, I've gotten so used to writing that like I can just write. But in the beginning, I definitely you know I was like what what was I feeling before I ate? What was I feeling after I ate? Or what what was going on in my head? Or you know what situation was was happening where I and why did I feel the way I did? And so I think it's just kind of exploring or beginning to explore just feelings and, and anxieties and worries and kind of the negative stuff which really you know leads you to I think how you can feel also those positive feelings because if you're not in touch with either it's like you don't know you know what's going on in your you know in your body in your mind in your emotions and so I think it's like a doorway to you know not just feeling the low stuff but also like feeling the, the, the joy and the happiness and the innate contentment of yourself and, and kind of understanding that you are an emotional being and that's okay you know you, you can feel both sides of the coin and, and not have anything wrong with that
0: yes we limit ourselves i think we really limit ourselves in what we allow ourselves to feel like we tend to only focus on like the baseline feelings and not the the high highs and the low lows um kind of can get glossed over but every feeling on the spectrum deserves to be felt fully. And, and this really helps with that. So mm, this is so good. This powwow on journaling was like unexpected and amazing <laughs> and, and so cool. But I want to get back to you and into food a little bit. So um, what would you say that your relationship with food and your body is like now? What does it feel like now? So i
1: I definitely am in a place where I really don't focus so much on food um I am very intuitive in how I eat of course my you know when things are wrong my go-to mechanism would still be food but I, I always catch myself so like if I find myself coming home from a long day and I'm like oh looking at my pantry for something and I'm kind of like looking around and, and that's my own cue for myself like oh I really want to find some chocolate and just eat it that's my cue to sit down and be like, okay, what's going on? And so, you know, I have a very peaceful relationship with food, but I think, and, and what I try and tell, you know, for, for every woman who asks me, like, well, well when am I going to get to the end? Like, when am I going to feel free and peaceful around food? And I tell them that, you know, yeah, you, there's absolutely a place to feel peace and, and, and freedom in your food. The the part, though, is that I think an eating disorder becomes a doorway into a more authentic you a more like a more conscious aware you and so when you do find yourself or, or for me like when I do find myself looking for food or wanting something or really craving something it's my own signal to go deeper and look at what's going on if I, see how I'm feeling you know whether that's a mi- emotionally physically or mentally You know maybe I I hadn't had enough protein and that's why I'm craving or maybe I you know something was going on emotionally and so I think for me my relationship is that it's really, really healthy, and I also am still conscious of the times when I do want to turn to food, but I have the tool, I have the coping mechanisms to not turn to the food. Um, but it's just sort of my signal. And I think as far as body, um, I would say my my relationship to my body is is definitely a work in progress. Um, I think that came a lot later. I think my my relationship to food was in a much better place, and then I realized I still had some work to do. On, you know, accepting my body. Um, and I, for me, it helps to kind of like go beyond my body instead of being like, okay, I need to accept my size. I need to accept myself. I need to look in the mirror and love myself. It's, it's about like connecting to a place within me. That's, you know, my spirit, my soul, whatever you want to call it, where I feel, where I know, like I deeply know that I'm more than in my body. And so, my biggest work right now is to really try and not like hate my body or love my body but more realize that I'm like beyond my body and and I, so I think it's definitely been a journey I mean I you know I did like affirmation work and mirror work and you know all of the tools that, that kinda can help in body image and I think as I got as I grew more and more spiritually my, my relationship, relationship to my body became better and better because I understood that it wasn't just about me liking my stomach. It was about more, much more than that. If, that, if that makes sense.
0: It makes so much sense, and that's beautiful and so helpful, and I relate to a ton as well. I think the body image work is the piece to really cement this and just make this all a bit easier, but it's also the hardest thing, and it's also the thing that is always a work in progress, Like you said, because all day long we have the media and everyone out there telling us the opposite, telling us lose weight, diet, um, focus on your body, you need to look a certain way, you need to be thinner, and then at the same time we have messages like eat, 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 be a foodie, look at all this food on the Food Network, but also don't eat too much because you need to look a certain way, you know? So it's just like, what do we even do? There's just so much confusion. So um, the body image work is is challenging because of the diet culture that we we live in and the thin privilege that our society gives people um, Mm -hmm. and how people do discriminate on the basis of size and weight every single day. So, um, of course, we will default if you haven't done this work to wanting to diet and wanting to restrict and wanting to therefore wanting to binge and wanting to go off the wagon so to speak and and wanting to control and change our body like it's so of course it's so natural as women and as people in in this society that we live in so anyways it's it's a challenge, and I think having conversations like this and journaling and just bringing awareness to this is is all really, really helpful um, to me and to other people and I think the biggest way to help feel better about your body and your body image is to have community and have role models and have people talking about this because most of the world is talking about the opposite. They're talking about, like, the fight on obesity and that everyone should be dieting and the health craze and all of this stuff that, like, you know, you and I are even a, a part of in many ways. Like, we we are into those things ourselves. And But it's also not everything. Like you said at the beginning, it's not all about the food. It's about all these underlying issues. And it's not all about the body. We're more than our bodies. We're, like, the spirit and the soul within our bodies. So... Anyways, I think that body identification can really, instead of spirit identification, can really trip us up, and it's good to have conversations like this. So thank you for sharing all that.
1: Sure, and I think also for me is when I I feel not acceptable or not good enough, like something, something happens in my life and I'm feeling not enough. I think those are the times when I – sort of translate that really big ambiguous concept into like oh my stomach needs some work or like my thighs need to be smaller because it's like a much more tangible thing to look at and fix and and kind of um have a solution for and so again it becomes like a signal so if i find myself fixating on my thighs or my stomach or um you know another part of my body it's my my own signal to be like, okay, well, what's really going on here? Like, you know, your stomach has looked the same for the past, you know, three years and f- however long, and it's, you know, it hasn't changed since yesterday. So, what all of a sudden made you start hating your stomach today? And I think that's like my own cue to to get back either in, into journaling to see what's going on or to really kind of do some meditation or yoga or to or to get myself in a place where I'm, you know, consciously connecting to the part of me that's more than just seeing my stomach in the mirror.
0: Mm. So amazing. Yeah. That's so using th- these things as a symptom or a signal of something else deeper. It's like, if you have a cough, you're not going to be like, Oh my God, the the cough, this is a terrible example. It's the bigger thing. It's the cold. Like, do you have a virus? Like, do you have pneumonia? Like, do you have something caught in your throat? You know, it's like the cough is just a symptom of like a bigger issue. I, mm-hmm. I could probably think of like a better example. Like that, but <laughs> no, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I don't know. It works. Um, all right. So now let me get personal with you. So what does your um, morning routine look like? What are some of the first few things you do when you get up in the morning? And how does um, what you do in the morning affect what you do in the rest of the day.
1: So I've actually adopted a new morning ritual in the past couple months that um, I've been really trying to anchor into my routine. Um, So I decided I really wanted to start to really appreciate what I had in my life instead of, you know, thinking that what I had wasn't enough or always wanting more. I wanted to really like soak in and appreciate what I had. And so I started waking up and, and just thinking of five things that were just like super awesome in my life. Like just anything it could be like oh it was 75 degrees yesterday and i went for a walk or it could be oh, i had an amazing client call or it could be like i have food to eat you know anything just to kind of really start to anchor in more gratitude because i think it's just it, especially for me i i tend to view things in the uh, i'm very quick to see the negative as opposed to quick to see the positive and so i really am trying to train myself to more and more and more look for what's good in my life and then the second thing I actually do is um, I have a cup of hot water and with a little bit of lemon squeezed in. And um, I started this probably, I, I gave up coffee about, I don't know, six or seven months ago, and I started this um, as a replacement for coffee to just really start to t- detoxify and cleanse my system and kind of like get myself going in the morning. And so I those are the first two things that I do, and I think they just help me get set up for the day of just like being energetic and being grateful and kind of arriving and welcoming the day instead of being like, oh my gosh, like my alarm went off at 5.30, why do I have to get up? And you know, kind of bumbling around in that whole state. So I, I'm really trying to like set up my day so I'm like happy and, and really grateful and excited instead of like, oh, another day.
0: Yes, that is so good. I love the um, morning, five gratitudes while you're still in bed that's that is fantastic and I'm going to adopt that and I also drink warm water with lemon in the morning which I love as well um you start to crave it after a while you're like I need my morning cup of water yeah it's 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 really nice and I love that it's warm um what about in the evening how do you end your day how do you relax and, and shut down especially being an entrepreneur at the end of the day
1: so i actually journal um i i you know usually end my day with i have a notebook right beside my bed and um just kind of like getting things out and and uh kind of just it's almost like i cleansing kind of just like letting the day go letting your thoughts go emotions um i also you know and i I don't do this every night um i'd say maybe like four or five four or five nights out of seven um uh, doing meditation like 10 or 15 minutes of just sitting down and um just breathing just focusing on my breath and um, maybe sometimes i'll listen to like chanty yoga music or just sometimes silence but so um I, I i really love doing that I think it helps me kind of calm down and relax but you know my my evenings are pretty relaxed you know i i don't watch a whole lot of TV so it's a lot of like quiet and and you know reading or preparing dinner but like before I go to bed, it's, it's journaling and or meditation.
0: That's amazing. I, I'm so glad that it's come full circle now back to journaling. <laughs> we <laughs> um, can't escape this, it. No, we can't. Um, so how are you challenging yourself in your life right now? What is something that you're doing that you're afraid of that, that you're doing anyways? Actually,
1: I think uh, having my own business, um, I think I'll, it. It for anyone that ha, you know is has their own business. I think they they tell you they you know in quotes they tell you that it's your it's the best personal development you'll ever get. You know best crash course in personal development because it just brings up so many challenges and self doubts and fears and anxieties. And so for me, you know, I begin with a passion for helping women overcome their own eating issues, and you know with that passion morphing into a business comes a whole other set of things I had to learn about a business you know the entrepreneurial side and so for me I think um, since I'm still fairly new into the game there's still things I'm constantly learning and um you know and just last week I decided to start an interview series on my blog and it was just like learning the tech and like how to record and it ended up being really simple once I got the hang of it but just like those little tiny things that crop up all the time that I look back at you know the last two years I'm like oh my gosh I've learned so much like just every day it's something different that I have to learn or figure out or you know hit and type in something in Google and like you know watch a YouTube video on how to do it so I think that would be the way I'm challenging myself because I think it's sort of a challenge on all levels. You know, the mindset piece has been huge for me of just learning to believe in myself and really anchor myself in my own knowing and passion and and not let the kind of, oh, why isn't happening fast enough? And what's going on here? And, you know, why didn't this turn out the way I wanted it to let all of that kind of take control and, and bring myself back over and over and over to the, you know, why I started my business in the first place. And and helping that, helping me, you know, use that as my reason to keep moving forward, even though it's challenging.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's great. I think I've heard this before, but I think being an entrepreneur is like the best thing you can do for personal growth, Um, which is, which is really intense and a lot sometimes, but a really great journey to, to be on. So Thank you so much, Jen, for everything you shared. You're such a cool person, and I'm, I'm so glad that I got to know you a little bit. Let's wrap up with some quick fire questions. You ready for them? Yes. Okay. Favorite color? Purple. Favorite day of the week? Friday. Favorite hour of the day?
1: Mm, early morning, so like 5, 36 a.m.
0: Favorite vegetable? Tomatoes. Favorite fruit? Strawberries. What's the best thing you've eaten recently, like in the last week?
1: Ooh, I made um, roasted fall vegetables that were just amazing. So just spices, cut up eggplant, sweet potatoes, carrots, onions, peppers, and roasted them all. And it was kind of my first fall baking, like, hearty meal. And I was like, oh, this is so good.
0: Oh, that sounds delicious. I want to, like, eat that for dinner immediately. (laughs) (laughs) What's your go-to breakfast?
1: Eggs usually scrambled on a piece with a piece of uh, spelt bread on the side.
0: What's your favorite way to relax?
1: Usually yoga or hiking, hiking in the mountains.
0: You live in Denver, right? Yes. Yeah, so like so many great so there's hiking opportunities. Nature
1: and hiking places around here.
0: That's amazing. Um, what's your like practical tip for staying organized, like as an entrepreneur and just in general?
1: I think um, I would say keeping uh, – no, actually, I would say not procrastinating. So I think I would tend to get really disorganized when I just have things I just keep adding to my list that I never do because I'm just thinking about doing them. So when I'm not procrastinating, I
0: tend to stay more organized. Very cool. That's a huge one for everyone. Um, if you, What's your favorite place you've ever traveled to?
1: I would say – say Vietnam has been one of the most amazing countries and and beautiful countries I've ever been to. Wow.
0: Very cool. If you could have a superhero power for a day, what would it be?
1: I always want to say like reading people's minds and then I'm like, but do I really want to know what people are thinking?
0: (laughs) You could just go read their journals. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's funny. What is your favorite movie?
1: Remember the Titans.
0: Favorite book?
1: Mm, The Poisonwood Bible.
0: I haven't heard of that. Um, Yeah. Favorite song?
1: Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield.
0: Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that song in so long.
1: Oh, I feel like it's just, I I don't listen to it super often, but it's, like, just such a good pick-me-up and inspiration, and I, I love it.
0: I can, like, hear it in my mind. Yeah. Um, What are you most excited about in your life right now?
1: I'm excited about um, the next phase of my business because I feel like I'm really making a lot of mindset shifts that will help me expand and move ahead And I don't want to say at a faster pace because I think everything happens at its own time, but I I think maybe in a a more calm and centered place within myself.
0: Mm, That's amazing. So as you know, the name of this podcast and the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, Jen, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you?
1: For me, it means like just complete nourishment, like being surrounded by... What you could pick as like the most nourishing things that like fill your soul and just make you smile and make your heart sing and, and just are so like nurturing and comforting and fill you up from the inside. So, I you know, whether that's food or music or scenery or people, just having it be like almost a holistic of a holistic medley of like everything that you could want on all levels in your life.
0: Hmm. That is so amazing. And a big side of journaling, right? Yes, that's (laughs) right. Well, thank you so much, Jen. It was so fun to hang out with you. And where can everyone find you online? So my
1: website is www.jenhand.com. J-E-N-N-H-A-N-D.
0: Cool. Amazing. You are so cool. This was such a fun conversation. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.